I believe in inspiring people to be the person they aspire to be by doing the things they aspire to do. This podcast is an additional platform to help me do just that. I know a lot, I've done a lot, and I do a lot. By sharing my experience with you all, be the highlight of my day. I will also have family, friends, and colleagues share their knowledge and experiences with me. You think you know me, but you don't know the half. Welcome to Vail's World. It's the team. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Lavelle D. Munger, your host for Vail's World Podcast. And yes, we have another meaningful conversation. For those that don't know, we're going to start off with a good read. Then we're going to go into what's popping and then a hot topic. And you don't want to miss this. Make sure y'all follow us on our social media at Vail's World Podcast. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you would like to shoot us an email about potential sponsorships, being a guest on an upcoming episode, or if you would like me to speak at an event or be a guest on a podcast, feel free to email us at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Let's get on with the show. Today's good read. Maybe you should talk to someone, a therapist, her therapist, and our lives revealed by Lori Got the Lead. What sparked my attention in you know to this book was the advocacy for therapy, especially in my community. Going to see a therapist or a psychiatrist is looked upon as weak. This book dives into those misconceptions as well as a lot of reasons why therapists are ideal for individuals, not those that's just on the edge, but for individuals that just need someone to talk to. The title alone was enough for me to read the book, and it was just pretty crazy. Uh, Lori is a therapist, so this book talks about her perspective of being an individual that provides services as well as one that receives services. Lori invites us into her world of both clinical and patient, examining the truths and fictions we tell ourselves and others as we teeter through the tightrope between love and desire, meaning and morality, guilt and redemption, terror and carrot, hope and chain. This book is revolutionary, offering deeply personal yet universal tour of our hearts and minds and providing the rares of gifts. I suggest anyone that's on the edge of seeking therapy, someone that's been seeking therapy, someone that's trying to advocate for someone else to seek therapy, this book can guide you through those conversations as well as get you excited about seeing your therapist and or getting a therapist. Today's good read is Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, A Therapist, Her Therapist, and Our Lives, revealed by Lori Gatholeet. Yeah, definitely putting that name in the, in the description. If you all have a good read, make sure y'all hit us up on our social media platforms as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vales World Podcast. If you would like to email us, feel free to shoot us an email at, and you can email us at Podcast at ldmonger.com. What's poppin'? So on the top of this list, Shikari gets road bounce. For those that don't road run track, road me, you got smoke. And wow, I was not expecting that. And I was actually had somebody record it and send it to me because I was at a wedding at the time. And man, just one of those days. <laughs> oh my God. And that wasn't the most entertaining part. Trust me, there's more. The post-race interview was honestly worse than the run itself. You have all these people, the aftermath of it was crazy. You have all these people complaining about her performance. And then you have people taking up for her performance. 
And it made me think accountability isn't turning on someone. Accountability isn't hating someone. A lot of people want to blame the hate and all these undertones because she's a black woman. Don't get me wrong. There's people out there that probably target her just because she's a black woman. Most of the people that I've seen on my timeline, it had nothing to do with her being a black woman. It was the humility in the sense of you just lost like dead last. It wasn't like a close third or a close fourth. It was dead last. Like you were the slowest one out of everyone, ninth place. And the fact that she was ninth place and got an interview shows something, which is crazy. Immediately after the race, didn't even see them interview the actual winners. And people think that because they holding her accountable and she didn't meet expectation that it's bad. Oh, y'all was with her and now y'all against her that fast. I mean, the people that was quote unquote against her for smoking the weed, I'm quite sure they were still in that space during this race. And I guess people are upset because the people that were standing behind her and enabling her because of the weed incident, some of those individuals moved over to the people that just wanted accountability. Everybody that was not pro Shikari because of the weed wasn't against Shikari. It was just like, you know, those are the consequences. Chunk it up. See you in four years. See you next year. However many years it may take. And then they were called as antagonists, hating black women and all this other stuff, which is, is crazy and asinine because I don't know and I don't get why people do that. Like, you can disagree without hate. I think it, it worked. And her post interview was crazy. Honestly, you would have thought she won. If you just put it on mute and just see her move, you would have thought she won. But unfortunately, she lost by a lot. Not even close. I hope that she gets some representation. She gets a team. Again, I wish Rock Nation or Clutch Sports will come save her. And I say save because she has so much potential. She has so much. Like Her ceiling is so high. And she needs to surround herself around the right people before she lose it all. Let me know what y'all feel about Shikari, man. Because I can... I can talk all day about this situation. I'm going to move forward. Fight at the Steelers game. There was a preseason game. I'm not sure if, if it was Steelers fans or what. There was a black guy. He was in the front. He was exchanging words with a white lady. In the midst of the conversation, he said, don't put your hands on me. You pushed her hand out the way. And she cold clocked. I don't know if it was a closed fist or open, but, you know, palm. She smacked far from Buddy. Boom. Buddy got smacked. Held his glasses for two seconds to kind of understand what just happened her boyfriend stood up and he went to work i feel bad for the boyfriend got beat up and he possibly get dumped so he hits the boyfriend the girlfriend try to intervene the girlfriend get a two-piece and a biscuit boom boom bop then he goes back to finishing off the boyfriend the boyfriend was getting some hits off at first and then he wasn't yeah that's pretty much what it was initially when individuals came over they were trying to get the black guy out the white guy telling him to stop but then there were some other people that were saying hey she hit him first so the energy kind of shifted which was good when we see people get they ass beat we assume that they are the victim when we come to the rescue to save the day we don't necessarily try to protect and or help the person that's whooping ass and that was that situation i advocate for people keeping their hands to themselves i think that's important and in that case i don't count it against him because it was a fight or flight mode that your that your body naturally just taps into he was getting jumped like in that case he could possibly got jumped and you got to defend yourself i wish that the beginning 
would have been de-escalated sooner because it, it, you, you, we had a game. Like, it shouldn't get that far, but that's what happens when you have sports, you have alcohol, you have all this passion and things in the air. That's what happened. At the end of the day, everybody, keep your hands to yourself. It makes life a lot easier. You don't have to worry about anyone getting slept. Another thing, over the weekend, I was in St. Louis. I went to a wedding. I was able to participate for Side Hustle Honors, which is an award ceremony that recognizes side hustlers, individuals that have a nine to five, as well as a business or a nonprofit that they do on the side, which is splendid. I've been a part of this ceremony since 2018. I was the first MC, And then 2019, I think I was coming back for something. And then I end up finding out that I was being recognized as a side hustler. And then last year it was postponed. So this year happened and being able to serve as a sponsor and be there is is incredible and seeing the actual event grow is nothing but a blessing so that was a a a huge moment for me and being at the wedding before that connecting with individuals i went to school with in undergrad seeing my sister cousin get married Uh, she they've been close friends of the family on my aunt my rich auntie side for a while so being able to grow up with them has been amazing and then my pro fight actually got married uh, to her and that was pretty dope just knowing how that started and what it became and what it's becoming was incredible. One thing about me is that I'm going to show up for the moment that lasts a lifetime. I try my best. I can't make it everything, but milestone moments, if I'm invited, I show up. And that's important. A lot of times, those are the individuals we remember the most are those that showed up when they were called upon when it meant the most and that's where that's what going to st louis for that wedding and for the event meant to me and at the time i thought i couldn't do the event because i was at a wedding grace of god it worked itself out so that was a a moment like wow and seeing how people are appreciative of the time that you took out of your life to make that happen another moment i drove past my granddad's old house and i rarely even go this way the traffic was backed up so i end up i was on the highway i end up going to the exit reverse my way out made a little, you know, fast and the furious little U-turn cut little joint and went down the road. And as I was driving down the road, not again, I, I was backwards, so I didn't know what street I was on. But as I was driving down the road, things started looking familiar. And I was like, oh, I feel like I've been here before. And as I continue to go down the road, I put two and two together. I was like, wow, this is the park that my granddad used to take us to when we were little to just play around. And then I went by his house. I just looked and smiled. I just looked and smiled. It's a lot of things that happened there from when I was about five all the way until I was an adult. I remember my last time sneaking over and surprising him and he was just happy. And that's the the memory and the joy and the spirit that traveled through my heart. And then last but not least, I had a meeting with some administrators from the University of Missouri St. Louis, which is the school that I graduated from, got my bachelor's in anthropology. Yes, I am an anthropologist. I know no one ever knows. And being able to meet with them and and these are new staff so it's not even like these are the same people that were there when I was there it's like wow really being able to make the impact and continue to impact is amazing and I always reflect on who are talking about you at tables and in rooms that you're not yet invited to who speaks highly on your name when you're not able to do it yourself and that situation was a result of that I had no idea who any of these individuals were prior to these opportunities and also just being open being willing to put myself out there to meet people to build relationships with people Although my dad, 
was talking about women when he said this. You can't lose nothing you never had. And the worst they can say is no. And I take those things with me everywhere. That's what allowed me to have the confidence to risk it all, to add the incoming chancellor at my university on LinkedIn, to send that DM congratulating them for the new role and a new position, actually meeting them. And it feel like I'm, I've known them my entire life and receiving a, a request on Facebook to get engagement and interactions on things that I post. Someone being up to date on my everyday movings and bragging on me to their colleague. It's a beautiful thing. My moment came because I sat in the car and as I was leaving Umsu, I was like, why me? Like all the things that I've been through, all the things that I've done, all the mistakes I've made, what allows me to be in this space? How in the hell did I come from that to this? And it's a subtle reminder that I am really living in my purpose. And as I continue to do so, not just allowing the moment to come and go, really sitting in that moment and embrace it. That's what that moment felt for me. No more survivor's remorse, no more imposter syndrome. Understanding and knowing that everything I've been through was in preparation for this moment, even if it's a, a lunch with the chancellor or being acknowledged for helping people or just the simple act of helping someone. Everything that I've been through from the day I was born was preparing me for this moment. And what are you going to do with it? And that's what's popping in Vail's world. If you all have anything that y'all want to add to this conversation, feel free to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vail's World Podcast. If something popping with you and you just like to be extra and send an email, y'all can email us at Vail's World Podcast at ldmonger.com. Now to the hot topic. Mental health is is really popular right now. It's a it's a hot it's hot in the streets right now. We know that traditionally mental health has always been looked down upon as being weak, as being crazy. Folks have been in denial for years, don't want to seek medical help, don't want to be on medication. We don't trust we don't trust our medical system. Improperly diagnosed with things. Mental health has been a huge burden on not just the black community, a lot of communities, rich or poor. I remember I was watching The Sopranos last year. I watched everything. I love gangster movies, mob movies, crime movies, anything. So I was watching Sopranos and him having a, a therapist was looked down upon. So he made sure that it was a secret. He didn't want no one to know because it was a sign of being weak. And it's also a sign of snitching. It's like you talking to somebody about the business, even if you wasn't talking to nobody about the business, it still comes off as snitching. No one believed in mental health issues. No one believed in, you know, talking to someone about your issues. And he was doing a complete opposite. And in that moment, I knew that, hey, this is the same stigma that we have in the black community. And then you start watching other movies and things like that. And you realize that and you understand that there's white people that believe the same thing. Mind blowing. So it's not just a black people don't like therapists and our views on mental health. It's a societal thing. A lot of us don't like therapists and don't like the conversation behind mental health. And we only view mental disabilities as someone that's shooting up a school, a church, a huge crowd, a nightclub, or some serial killer, or someone that's you know homeless and can't get right, drug addicts and things of that nature. We don't necessarily think about those stable mental health people that's walking around with, with issues and holding so much on their shoulders, which is mind-blowing. It's, it's crazy how, how that looks. Even crazier 
when people that never seek the therapist and are have things that they need to reveal on their own and have no professional background diagnose others. That's even crazier. So not only do we have people that's afraid of therapists, we have people that are pretending to be therapists and psychiatrists and, and spreading out these fake this fake news about people to others and never even seen a therapist, never even seen a personal like health book, self-help book, none of that. Don't even have an idea what mental illness looks like or have never experienced it, either directly or indirectly. I have family members that experience mental health issues. I know people, I had conversations with people that are going through mental health issues. So when people give these fake diagnoses to people, it annoys me to a certain level because when you know people that's going through things, when you know people that have no control of how they're feeling, of, of some of the things they, you know, they do as they react to certain things it's mind-blowing and a lot of people don't understand their trauma and they put they push their traumas off on others and that's just something we have to stop you can't be too prideful that you don't want to become better you don't want to be better you don't want to help others be better that's why ever since the first time i i recorded this podcast and posted it to the world. I am a huge advocate of therapists, counseling, psychiatrists. I push anybody, like go before there's an issue. Right now it's more convenient than ever. You don't even have to leave your home. You can pop open your laptop and get on Zoom. It is the most convenient as it has ever been in life and people still don't take the time to do it. I know people that have been exposed to counseling and have counseling for other aspects in their life but still won't take the time to get individual counseling. What these sessions provide is they understand bias opinion see we like to confine to our loved ones about our issues and they are mainly going to give us a biased opinion for one because they know the full scope they have a better understanding of the full scope and are whatever version of the truth you gave them so they're basing their opinion off that and then at the end of the day they are your friend so they always want the best interest for you they looking out for you over anything else i'm kind of different i don't know quite sure there's other people out there like me. Like I have so many different approaches to make you a better person. I'm not a yes person. I listen to understand. I dive a lot deeper than the surface level. I'm not afraid to tell you no. I'm not afraid to tell you wrong. That I'm not afraid to tell you that you're wrong. But there's a lot of people out there that are. There's a lot of yes people out there. There's a lot of people that don't want to make you mad, that don't want to do these things. But honestly, where there's madness, there's change. Madness is what sparks change. So sometimes you got to make people mad in order for them to be a better version of themselves. Enabling and coddling isn't always the answer. And you find these things out by by going to a psychiatrist, going to a therapist. You find these things out by, by going, you find out why does this really make me mad? And now you're able to explain this to, to friends and loved ones. Now you're able to process these things and reverse the reaction. We can't control how we feel. We react to how we feel. I don't know about you all, but when it comes to me, I'm a control freak. I am a control freak. And when I lose control of myself, it annoys me more than losing. And I hate losing. I don't, I don't like losing at all. And that's how I feel when I can't control myself and when I find myself in moments where I lose control of myself I work harder to get back in that moment and find control so that I know that I'm being a better person and a lot of people don't know what control is and what that looks like and sometimes having control over yourself around people that have no sense of what that is and what that looks like they'll call you crazy because of that people would do something wrong to you and call you crazy for not reacting how they assume 
and or expect you to react. People will think you the problem because they did some fucked up shit to you and you didn't react like they thought you would react. Crazy, right? I'm used to seeing someone respond this way and because you didn't, you're the crazy one. But it's not crazy that you did A, B, C, and D in order to get this response and now you're feeling some type of way because you didn't get that response that you felt warranted for the situation. And the biggest growth space for me is the indirect. And I, I didn't know I was going through like all these mental tests and whatnot. When I was, I was going through foster care. So I was in fourth and fifth grade and I had anger problems. I had, used to get angry. Uh, even at, if, we, if we go all the way back to kindergarten, I had anger, anger problems. If we go all the way back to kindergarten, I had anger, anger problems. If we go all the way back to kindergarten, I had anger problems because I was a perfectionist. So if y'all see my sloppy handwriting, y'all can blame my kindergarten teacher because she said I was retarded. And I told y'all that story. My mom went off and I used to get upset if my my letters didn't look like the mock letters. And I used to take my time. I used to go so slow to take my time to make sure I got it right. And I wanted to get it right every time. And I used to get mad if I didn't get, get it right. And then my teacher said, I, you know, asked me if I was retarded because I was taking too long. I told my mom she went off. So that was my first experience of it. And that traumatized me because I just stopped taking my time with writing. And now y'all see my signature in my handwriting. That's the result. And then fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade, going through the foster care system, had anger problems as well. Just adjusting and adapting to everything that was going on, being in foster care, being you know removed from my mom, moving with my my dad, then moving in, my dad and his girlfriend, then moving with my aunt, and then going back to my mom. It was a lot going on, a lot of things. You know, I was separated from my siblings. It was a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things I didn't understand. And as I got older and started understanding what the little mental EQ and IQ tests were, I was like, oh, that's what I was doing. I did the little spot thingies and hey, what do you see and all this stuff and da 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 da. And I remember them saying he's fine and he's actually over excelled. Like he's he's up there, like he's fucking brilliant and he's just not being challenged. I remember hearing that and my mom was so happy. Like I told y'all nothing was wrong with my baby. I remember being in sixth grade and going to sleep on books because I read it all and then waking up and a teacher asking me like, hey, so, you know, you don't seem interested. You seem out of gate, you know, out of whack. Like you don't want to be here. And I was like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be here. And asking me everything about that book and me being, me being able to break it down chapter to chapter because I already read the book. And she finally got tired of me and, and tried to teach me a lesson and put me on an eighth grade reading level in sixth grade. And I was reading better than some of those eighth graders. But the challenge allowed me to be engaged. It kept me from going to sleep because I couldn't read it that fast. The chapters was longer. I also remember being in the eighth grade and going to the ju going through the juvenile system and going to anger management, having a DJO that I had to report to, being on night watch and all these things for an extended period of time. Being in anger management and really honing into life. Read Covey's book, Seven Effective Habits of a Teen. I probably messed that title up. But those things allowed me to see what I was doing right and things that I wanted to do better and I just started doing it. With the anger management, I was able to be around people that had real anger management problems. I realized that, hey, I'm not that angry. <laughs> like, I'm not that at all. These are the things in my life that allow me to get the, the personal development, the self-help that I needed to be the adult that I am now. I remember in eighth grade getting into a fight and my assistant principal, man, I forgot her name. She was walking with me and I was cool. I was perfectly fine. And she's like, oh my God, you crazy. I was like, why you say that? She's like, cause you was the Hulk in there and now you're with me and everything is fine. 
And my response was, because I'm not mad at you. That was always my approach on it, trying to direct my energy and my emotions in a proper channel and not allow myself to abuse and damage those that have nothing to do with it. And I was able to do that in eighth grade. Fast forward as an adult, I got in a fight and that was crazy because it was definitely provoked. I got in a fight, they pressed charges and all these things. And one of the things I had to do was get a certain amount of hours of community service as well as complete an anger management class. And again, I realized some folks was crazy. I was like, oh no, I'm definitely not that. I remember sitting down in the circle and this one guy was explaining his situation and he didn't know that I knew the victims of his situation. And he was saying like, yeah, you know, they did this and they did that. I'm like, no, like it was a grown woman and a little girl and you damn near knocked their eyes out their socket. Like, what are you talking about? And I was able to understand that I'm far advanced than a lot of people. And he was about 30 and I was like 17 at the time. I, I know who I am and I know what I'm capable of. And that's what allowed me to stay sane. That's what lets me keep my sanity. I know what I'm capable of and I don't want to get to that space with anyone. I protect my peace more than anything. I'm very very vocal and upfront. I'm going to tell you how I feel, why I feel, and won't have no emotion behind it. Like, I don't have to be mad at you to disagree with you. I don't have to be mad at you to have a grievance with you. I don't have to hate you to have a grievance with you. And that throws people off. They think when you say something of disagreement that you hate them. No, this is me communicating because I can still kick your ass and won't hate you at all. I won't have a hate bone in my body. That's how I'm wired. I don't have to have that type of energy to spark conflict. I like addressing things so that it doesn't become a big bigger issue. I like addressing things so that we can nip it in a bud before it creates this snowball effect and we take it there. And depending on the relationship, especially with loved ones, I believe these hands can fix whatever words can't. And again, I won't have no hatred towards you. After the fact, it's how I'm wired. There's different ways to get the same result. And a lot of this happened because of my ability to directly and indirectly work on my mental health, work on myself, continue to become a better person. And people don't want to take the time to invest in that. Yes, my story is long. My story took a lot of up and downs, took a lot of right turns, left turns, a lot of pivots, but the only L I received were lessons. And that's what people fail to realize. Do what's best for you to invest in your mental health, to, to invest in your well-being. Because at the end of the day, you are the only one responsible for that. You are the only one responsible for changing yourself. Not a self-help book, not a friend, not a therapist, not a psychiatrist. Nobody. It's you. Understanding self is the first step of understanding the world. Peace and love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join me in my journey to success by following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Vales World Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address, or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode, email me at Podcast at ldmonger.com. Vales World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as 99 cents a month, we can take this thing a long way. Love. It's the team. <laughs>